Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library. And welcome to Books and Beyond with Alison and Inika. Talofa Inika. Malo, Alison. Well, look, it's one of our favourite times of the year. It's um, Samoan Language Week. And um, also, We Read Auckland is in full swing. Yeah, it's a busy time. It is. Yeah, we were just saying that, isn't it? And thank goodness for mobile hotspots. <laughs> if I could just put that out there <laughs> right now. We love it. Yeah. So um, now speaking of technology, there's a lovely write-up on the Ministry of Pacific People's website um, about Samoan Language Week 2021. Mm. And it goes something like this. It says, this year's theme for Vaioso or Lenganga Samoa is Popo le Lotofale, or Le Manuia le Anofale, which means strengthen the posts of your house for all to thrive. Mm. And that, I mean, that applies to everything, doesn't it? You've got to strengthen those foundations. And yeah, and then they go on to say that if you're building a fale, um, it can't have a weak foundation or posts. And that this is the same for the foundations of our families, churches, schools, all the things that play an important role in strengthening Ngangana Samoa, the Samoan language. And um, they go on to say that language is important for the foundations of our overall well-being. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful tie-in as well with our We Read Auckland Festival, which is all about sharing stories, um, building our confidence with language and and in all sorts of ways and sharing that with our communities. So I think, you know, it's a beautiful little um, little overlap that we have going, celebrating yeah. Samoan Language Week, which is obviously just, just coming to a close, and also We Read Auckland, which is in its, now just heading into its second week. So today we're going to be covering um, some We Read Auckland stuff and some Samoan language stuff and books that we can um, take through into your next week. And um, We Read Auckland has um, four sub-themes that we're working to and our events and activations in our spaces around Auckland, our library and community spaces, are all tying into one of our four sub-themes. So our first sub-theme is um, Speak Auckland, and we're going to kick off our talk today, um, since it's Someone Language Week, with the one and only Albert Wendt, a um, beautiful poet and a true leader in Pacific literature and in academia. Now, he's often credited as being one of the first authors to take those highly developed oral traditions of Pacific storytelling and oratory and bringing that energy and those stories onto the, the page through the written word. Um, you know, the language he uses and the imagery, he's got beautiful rhythm in his writing and he uses some really interesting structures and formats that are quite unique. Um, uh, one work that is really worth um, seeking out is his long format verse novel, The Adventures of Vela. It's a great example of his innovation in writing and creativity. Um, you know, he's written poetry, short stories, novels. He's edited many um, anthologies of Pacific writing. He's really done it all, you know, with such grace. And he's very generous in his support for other writers, and particularly Pacifica writers, throughout his long career. 
Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. In mm. honour of our, our Speak Auckland theme, I'm, I decided I'd like to shout out his poetry collection from 2012, From Manoa to a Ponsonby Garden. Now, I chose this one because it's full of love for family and friends and for the world around us, and because it's also available on our guaranteed available book list on Overdrive and Libby, which means that you can access this particular title with no waiting. It's really whenever you are and whenever, wherever you've got um, access to the internet or your phone. Uh, also available, of course, in print in our libraries upon request. And the first half of this title um, is a selection of poems set overseas in Hawaii and Samoa and the States. And the second half is kind of quite prosy series of poems set in Ponsonby in his home. Um, they're written more or less daily over a month and they focus on time spent in his garden um, that he finds so restorative and um, particularly focusing as well on his partner, Rena, who seems to be the, the main gunner of the pair mm. and is a real nurturing presence throughout these poems. And he holds a special place in this second half as well for the friends and family who often are dropping by or calling up and also for those friends and family who are passing on and that seems mm. to be becoming even more frequent the older he gets. Of course, yeah. that's part of the natural circle of life. It's a really warm and reflective book to dip into, and it's just full of little gems of everyday life, and it's got his sharp observation and lots of humour and care throughout. Mm. He's such a lovely person, isn't he? Mm. That's a real treasure. Yeah, so now also um, to our listeners, look out for other poetry collections by the recent Ockham winner Tusiata Avia, um, including her amazing 2020 book, The Savage Colonizer Book. Um, and it's just won this year's um, Ockham Prize for Poetry. And we've got lots of copies on order of this one in the library. So get in the queue and the, that queue is going to get shorter mm. shortly, as they say. <laughs> and also um, Ockham shortlisted nominee, uh, Carlo Melia, um, who wrote Goddess Muscle. Mm. So... If you, um, hot tip here, if you're not sure about poetry in general, try reading it aloud because, um, you know, that's what it's written for, mm. isn't it? I Sometimes I forget that, but yeah. it really does make it come alive. And even if you're just listening, um, yeah, um, even if you're just listening to yourself, I mm. guess, um, rec- we recommend reading them out and seeing what a difference it makes. Now both these women, um, Carlo and Tusiata, they're amazing poets. I've been lucky enough to hear both of them read from their works Mm. and um, there really is something about hearing the spoken word written by um, the poet mm. and written and re- read by the poet. Uh, yeah. I'm making a mess of things today. No, <laughs> it absolutely makes all the difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, there's something about using your own voice and sharing your own truth. Through poetry. Yeah, yeah, really something to it. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of our young people now, um, po- uh, their first entry into poetry is often spoken word poetry, which is really highly supported here in Auckland. Um uh, the incredible action education have taken a lead role in um, in bringing spoken word poetry out into the public and out into schools in Auckland. Now we're really lucky as part of our We Read Auckland Speak Auckland events. Um, Tamatariki Clendon Library in South Auckland is hosting um, a free spoken word poetry workshop um, with the help of Action Education, and it's called Korero Mai Hairinga, Hairinga meaning journeys. Um, it's on the evening of Wednesday, 9th of June, and it's specifically designed for young people, Arangatahi. Um, 
it means that you can come along and share your journey and your voice, or you can listen to others because there's also a presentation by some of the um, the um, wonderful poets that Action Education has fostered and grown over the uh, the years that they've been running. So if you want to book a spot for this for yourself or for a young person in your life, you can visit the Auckland Library's website and check out our We Read Auckland page and go ahead and book a free ticket. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic. And um, now something else I wanted to highlight today, um, it's this amazing, beautiful book that we've got a copy of in mm. front of us today, actually. And it's called Lau Penina Totele, um, which translates to My Pearl of Great Price. Now, this is a project that's been largely driven by the reading warrior, David Riley. Mm. So um, it's a bilingual book. It's in Samoan and English. And um, in the book, we've got 11 young people from um, Tangaroa College in Otara, South Auckland. And these young folks share how they stay connected to their culture, even though they're far from home. Um, they all worked with their teacher and great writer David Riley to select objects that represent who they are as Pacifica young people and to tell stories about them in English and Samoan. Um, you'll be really inspired to read how proud these youth are about their identity. Um, it's a penina totelli to them, a, a pearl of great price. Mm. And now this amazing book, it's been funded by the Auckland Library's publishing team in collaboration with Reading Warrior David Riley. And it was launched just last week as part of... Um, the Auckland Library Samoan Language Week and um, also as part of the We Read Auckland celebrations. Mm. Now it's available in our catalogue and on Overdrive and Libby as an ebook right now. So it's just a beautiful thing. Mm. Now earlier in the week, um, three of these students and David were interviewed on Breakfast TV by John Campbell and I just thought, um, my heart was just bursting watching these young folk and what a brave thing to do to appear on national telly and then to read your creative writing out to the whole nation. Yeah, as a high school student, it's just phenomenal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's that's a scary, scary thing. I mm. really admired them. and But what really shone through to me was that notion of service. So service to your family, to your community. Mm. And I really got the the feeling that these young people are going to be great leaders in our community in in the years to come. Absolutely, it was shining. It was shining bright, wasn't it? Yeah, they were just so cool. I yeah. felt really proud for them. And can you imagine how proud their families will be? Absolutely. I mean, this is an area of our. Um, collection that we are actively trying to grow is um, own voice um, of our Pacific um, communities. Yeah. And so we're we really thrilled to see that this collection is starting to slowly grow a bit more. And um, we will be writing a blog post in the next week or two, and we'll be sharing some other titles that, um, that you can explore in that space. Yeah, it's really exciting, isn't mm. it? Now, um, one of our other themes for We Read Auckland is Imagine Auckland. And um, I've been or reread this week um, an amazing book um, called Rich Man Road by Anne Glamazina. Um, and it's a, an Auckland 
book and um, by an Auckland writer. So it was published in 2015 and it's actually based on a true story. Mm. It's a beautiful tale of two families from opposite ends of the world whose lives intersect in the Auckland suburb of Grey Lynn in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. So now um, one family, the Avua family, have um, journeyed to New Zealand from Samoa in the 1970s and the other family, the Mastroviks, have arrived as refugees from Dalmatia just after World War II. Mm -hmm. So the story in Rich Man Road, it's got two time frames. Um, so it follows a young woman, um, Puolele Avua, in the 1970s, who's from a, a tiny coastal village on the island of Apollo in Samoa. And um, speaking of tiny, it's so tiny, she's never even been to Apia, oh, which wow. is the big smoke um, <laughs> in Samoa. So um, follows Pulele, and then we also follow a young teenager called Olga Mastrovic in the 1940s, and she's forced to flee her tiny village in Dalmatia when it comes under German occupation. Mm. So it's a real journey for both of them to get to New Zealand. Yeah. So then we fast forward to Auckland in the year 2000 and Puolele is now Sister Mary Puolele Sina Havua mm-hmm. um, and she's a novitiate nun in a Carmelite convent. Oh. And this is where she meets an elderly nun called Sister Teresa Olga Mastrovic. Ah. And so these two women form an instant bond, a really strong, kind of like a mother-daughter mm-hmm. um, type relationship. But um, Puolele and Olga are so different. They're from completely different worlds. And yet what you find out is they share so many experiences. Mm. You know, the trauma of having to leave your homeland and leaving everything you know. Um, Then the trauma of being unwanted, really, as immigrants in New Zealand. Mm. Olga's a refugee, and Puolele experiences the, the terror of the dawn raids right. in the 1970s in Auckland. And then um, the the absolute strong influence of the Catholic Church in their lives, which, you know, of course, brings both good and bad things mm. to them. The microaggressions and the just plain discrimination experienced in Auckland and the humiliations and shame associated with being new, being different, being other. And not no, that's really painful for both of them, not knowing the unspoken rules of living in a new and completely foreign place. You know, being like a fish out of water. Sure. Um, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Both women dream of their homelands and the role of seafood as both nourishment and comfort mm-hmm. to them. So there's so many similar things that they they experience. And I guess that's what this book really shows us, that, that there's so much more that, that binds us that than divides us. Mm. You know, and it's about home, where is home, what is home. Um, the huge influence of religion in many people's lives. Um, that um, broader meaning of the word journey too. There's also so much about Auckland that people are going to recognise places, churches, schools, beaches. Mm. But also I think we should recognise, many of us 
should take a moment to recognise the shameful behaviours from Palangi folk towards newcomers. Mm. And some of it's uncomfortable, but, you know, we need to own that yeah, too sure. as, a, as a community. So now um, Anne Glamazina, who I know actually to her friends, is oh. called Anne Glam, mm, which oh, what nice. a cool, cool name, <laughs> eh? So Anne Glam was born and raised in Auckland, but her family are originally from Croatia. And her, her grandmother fled their Dalmatian village in World War Two with three young children. And she managed to get to a refugee camp in Egypt before eventually making it to New Zealand. I can't even imagine having to do that. Um, such a dangerous journey. And with three little ones in oh, tow, yeah. how they they coped, who knows. But apparently Anne's family history has had a few a huge influence on her writing. Mm. You know, understandably. And um Anne talks about the role of oral storytelling in Croatian culture and she grew up immersed in stories, so which sounds to me quite similar to Pacifica yes. culture, doesn't it? Um and she talks a lot about the similarities between the migrant experiences of Pacifica people and the Dalmatians. Um, yeah, so um, she also talks quite a bit about the role of faith in migrant communities that, and maybe the church is an anchor for people in uncertain times. Yeah, when it's working right. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, and if it, if it works for you and yeah. binds communities together. Mm. Yeah, so um, really big, amazing book um, about storytelling I can't wait to read this one. I've actually got it on the shelf at home and I really need to dive into it. Uh, I had no idea it covered so many different aspects of Auckland life and Auckland um, communities. Mm, mm, It's highly recommended. Wonderful. Well, since we're talking um, Dalmatian and Auckland stories, I'm going to put in a quick plug for um, one that's on my to-be-read list. And that's um, a recent publication, uh, 2020 novel called The Telling Time by PJ Mackay. It's available in our fiction collection by an Auckland author. Uh, The Telling Time is telling the linked stories of two women, again. Um, This time it is a mother and daughter, a Gabriella and her daughter Louisa. Now, Gabriella's story is set in the 1950s and it starts in the, a, um, a small town on the beautiful Croatian island of Korchula. Now, life there is not as idyllic as it sounds sitting in the Adriatic um, because she's a young woman who's looking for more than life on the island can give her. Now, an incident happens and it's not disclosed until much, much later in the book what actually happens. But Gabriella finds herself sort of forcibly moved to New Zealand by her family. And um, she washes up in the Auckland suburbs, as so many new immigrants did. Mm. And um, she ends up in a job working really hard housekeeping for a family friend. Now, her social life once she gets to Auckland is largely based around the local Yugoslav club, as it was for so many um, immigrants, Mm. um, particularly from, um, from Croatia. And she's left wondering if she's really any closer to building the life that she was looking for, even when she's half a world away and in a vastly different place with lots of different opportunities that might have been open to her. Now, her daughter Louisa's story is set 30 years later in the late 80s. Now, Louisa is a successful lawyer and she's about to embark on an OE. And this includes a trip back to her home country, which she's never been to before. Now, she's keen to reconnect with her family and her cultural roots, and she specifically wants to undercover, uncover the mystery of why her mother left Cortula in the first place oh. and what the family secrets are that her mother will not tell her about. So lots to unpack in this book. Um, 
author Pip Mackay has used another legendary Auckland author's writing as part of her research for The Telling Time, and that's Amelia Batterstitch. Now, if you haven't heard of Amelia Batterstitch, I really encourage you to uh, seek out her writing. Amelia's parents were also from Kortula. Um, they immigrated to New Zealand in the very early 20th century, settling in Dargaville, and then moving to Auckland when she was around 10 or 11 years old. Now, Amelia Batterstitch's writing has got some fascinating insights into the experience of non-British immigrants to New Zealand. So if you've got Dalmatian heritage or if you have an interest in those stories of Auckland's past immigrants, you really should look up her writing. Try um, An Olive Tree in Dalmatia, which is a short story collection, or her memoir, Never Lost for Words. They're older books, so you won't find them on the shelves, but get them through our catalogue. Request them or we'll send them out to you. Now, I hope I've whetted your appetite for more of The Telling Time because Pitt Mackay is actually one of the many wonderful, inspiring authors that's appearing at one of our We Read Auckland events. Now, she's giving an author talk at Point Chevalier Library on Saturday the 12th of June in the morning. She's going to have books there to sell and to sign. And, of course, you can request her book on our catalogue. And there's going to be a cuppa and a cake to follow as well. Yeah, that's going to be so good. I'm quite looking forward to that one because um, now Pip Mackay, she's um, another one of those talented alumni who've come out of that amazing um, University of Auckland Masters of Creative Writing mm. course. Um, she's in great company with so many other fantastic We Read Auckland um, authors that we've got, um, including, uh, who have we got? Um, Dr Paula Morris, who leads the course, mm. Caroline Barron, um, who's author of the memoir Rapiro Beach, Rose Carlyle, who's going to be a panellist at the Coastal Crime event, which um, will be live-streamed and recorded and mm. um, um, in real life at Walkworth. Yep. And, of course, Amy McDade, who you can check out on our um, panel talk that we um, recorded for We Read Auckland, um, and that's available both on our website and on the Auckland Library's YouTube channel. Yeah, our Auckland and Conversation panel. And Alison's being very humble and not <laughs> saying that she led that wonderful panel and did an amazing job. So go oh, and check that one you. out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not too bad. It's actually, great. If I say so myself. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Now, our next theme um, for We Read Auckland is Read Together. Now, this one celebrates Auckland's children's authors and writing and the importance of reading together as a family, particularly now that there are so many... Um so many distractions in our lives mm. and um, really taking that sacred time to spend together, to model reading and to just enjoy reading together, um, whatever your family look like, looks like. Now, um, I wanted to highlight a book that I just recently read called Raising a Reader, How to Nurture a Child's Love of Books. Now, this is by Megan Daly. Um, she is an Australian teacher librarian, and um, this book she's written to help parents and caregivers or anyone that's got young people in their lives to um, to help them find the best chances to connect their child into the, that world of lifelong reading for pleasure, which we know is so beneficial and has lasting effects throughout people's lives in terms of their success and um, their general well being. Now, she's got lots of wonderful tips in here that come from her long experience. She's got some book lists as well, mostly Australian titles. You find most of these in our libraries. And of course, you can always go to our children's librarians because they're your best resource for anything relating to kids' books. Now, she goes on to the science and then sort of, you know, the the neurological benefits of um, reading with your children, but it's really your light touch, which I think is, you know, most helpful it's, when it comes yeah. to those sort of parenting style books. We don't want it to be another form of stress. It's, she just kind of mentions them. Now, she recommends um, reading aloud from infancy. 
And even earlier, if you're into it, you know, mm. she says, read whatever you're reading to your baby in the womb, if you, you know, if you can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and she confirms the benefits of continuing to read aloud to children who can already read yeah. independently and confidently. Now, this is also the main tenet of another book I read recently called The Enchanted Hour, The Miraculous Power of Reading Aloud in the Age of Distraction, which is by another Megan, Megan Cox Gerhan, who writes for the Washington Post. Now, um, Daly recommends that if you want to try and broaden your kids' reading taste um, in that read-aloud space, that maybe in your family each person gets a chance to choose what the read-aloud is, you know, on the weekly or two-weekly basis, swapping it around and making sure that each kid or, or family member gets a go and including the parents so that you can mm. share some old favourites, get some classics in the mix that your kids might not touch with a barge pole yeah. with those old covers or, yeah. you know, <laughs> the old lang- of, older language. If mum liked it. Oh, it's probably terrible. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But you can usually convince them if you start reading aloud. Yeah. Because um, it just means it hits that sweet spot, really. You can always move on if it doesn't yeah. hit the mark after a few chapters anyway. Um, she also recommends having a good stack of picture books still available for your kids, even after you might have thought they aged out of them. Um, you know, let everyone pick one or two of their old favourites to get you started. Really, it's the memories and the feelings that come from reading certain books um, and, and seeing those illustrations. Um, she shares why that's so evocative. Really, it's a combination of sort of neural pathways, sensory stuff, emotional, you know, that family feeling and attachment, which is really hard to find and yeah. it's actually really hard to beat as well. <laughs> So we um, we also want to share that we um, there's other um, other ways that you can find out how to get more out of your family reading. We're actually putting on um, a, a Read Together Festival at Teatatū Peninsula Library as part of We Read Auckland. It's going to be held next Saturday on the 12th of May from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. At that workshop, uh, at that festival, you can attend free workshops which are focused on um, building reading pleasure for everybody in the family. Lots of tips for those um, who might have difficulties in the reading space in terms of learning, or um, in, or you know things like dyslexia. Um, you can hear local children's authors who are going to inspire your children to read more, and you can also grab lunch from um, the food trucks they're going to have there too. So lots of fun to be had there. Yeah, it's going to be so good and yum. Lots of yum. yummy food too. Books, food. Yes, We're, can't be bad. How could you go wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that as well. Now, look, our last theme um, for We Read Auckland and and for today is called Uncover Auckland, and it's. Um, uh, where we celebrate non-fiction writers and writing on Auckland. Mm. So one that I um, just want to talk about now, it's called um, Auckland, the City in Literature, and it's edited by Witty Himaira, and it's available on Earth Drive. So it's a, it's a pocket-sized anthology. It is from quite a few years ago now, um, un- unbelievably, almost, mm. isn't it? 2003. <laughs> but it was part of a series um, of anthologies that included... Wellington, Christchurch and Dunedin. We'd both really like to see this series updated at some stage. Mm. Hopefully someone will will take on the mantle <laughs> of that. Now, it's um, a collection of short stories, poems and excerpts taken from longer works, but they're all set in Auckland and all describing a place or a scene that's um, really got a distinctly Auckland setting. Mm. And we, we love that about it. Now, there's some classics in here um, is a selection work of writers working really across 
most of the 20th century. Mm. So you've got your Frank Sargeson, Alan Curnow, C.K. Stead, Janet Frame and both Maurice's, Maurice Shadbolt <laughs> and Maurice G. And then you've um, some younger folk there also, Paul Morris, John Poulet, um, Charlotte Grimshaw, Tina Shaw, um, or not so young, perhaps Kevin Ireland, and, and many, <laughs> many more. But um, in it, there's even this really cool poem, which is called Who is Reading Poetry in 2021 by Anna Jackson. <laughs> and look, we want to say, let that be you. Absolutely. Yes. Read, yeah. read poetry in 2021. <laughs> I think probably at the time, I wonder if um, Anna thought that's a long time away. 2021. I'm sure she did. Yes. Yeah, reading that poem is really, really quite cool. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a bit like 1984, you know, when that was written. It's like, oh, that's so far away. So far away. <laughs> or Princess 1999, you know, that's that's so far away too. That's right. Well, look, thanks for, for being here today, listeners. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, thank you to you, Inika, as well. We mm. just want to say to everyone to take care and, and be kind to yourselves get into the reading, start reading some poetry, um, get along to some of our We Read Auckland That's events. right. All the information's on our website or you can check out your local library and online or go and pop in and see what they've got going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time. Great time to be alive and to be using libraries. Absolutely. So, whawhutai um, tali lava to everyone. Kakite ano, haere rā. Was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9:35 p.m. on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz/books and beyond. Every day, every day.